Well, Merry Christmas to you. I just got to say, I am sorry. Can I say I am sorry because you all don't know this, but I prayed that we would have a white Christmas this year. I didn't pray for any of the snow. I didn't pray for the 30 below windshield factor, but I prayed for a white Christmas. So I just want to say I apologize for that. But as you know, the Christmas story started with song. The angels said, as they were there in the field with the shepherds, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. So as we sing today, I pray that in your heart you would have peace on your earth and goodwill. I thank you for joining us in this time of inclement weather. For those that join us online, we thank you for being with us online. Would you just stand and sing with us as we sing from the joy in our hearts?
joy that he has brought. Amen. You can be seated. Good afternoon. My name is Dennis Stubb. I'm the executive minister here, and I just want to welcome you guys and all those online as well. As a reminder, after I pray, we have six communion stations set up around uh, the room for you to go grab communion. It's double cups, so we have the the bread on the bottom cup and the juice on the top part of that. Um, Also, next to that are the offering boxes. And as a reminder, like we're collecting the, the red envelopes for the Together offering, which all the money in the red envelopes is going to go directly to our missions team uh, to help fund them uh, for, the, for the year. So uh, that's our special offering time. So there's the red envelopes there as well. Um, also today, uh, we have on the communion tables uh, the, the candles. So make sure you grab a candle or enough candles for your family. Uh, for at the end, we're going we're gonna to light those. And then as you walk out, there's uh, things by the door that you can drop them uh, into. But I, I love this time of year. It's my favorite time because, you know, my kids kind of come back, right, you know, and that. But it's good to spend time with family uh, and with friends, you know, and there's food and there's more food and, and fellowship. And I enjoy watching the old Christmas shows and stuff with the kids that we, we watched when they were little. And, and there's a new one out this year, too, Spirited on Apple TV, which is kind of a musical comedy or something um, based on the Christmas Carol. Well, Christmas Carol isn't really my, my favorite movie, right? Except, you know, Tiny Tim Rocks. But beyond that, I'm not really excited about, like, the ghost of Christmas past, present, future. You know, it just it doesn't hit me. But as we came to this time of communion, as I was watching that, I was thinking that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So I, I started thinking about Christmas past and present and future. And, you know, the past is what we're doing right now, right? That Jesus was, we're celebrating that now, that Jesus was born. But he, he wasn't just born, right? He was born to be our Savior. He's born to die so that we may live. And the Christmas present is what we're doing, like, right, right now, right? Where we're fellowshipping with each other, communing with each other, having life that Jesus gave, realizing that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for me and for you, even though we don't deserve it. And Christmas future to me, it it says in 1 Corinthians, right, that when you take the emblems, right, when you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming his death until he comes, that Jesus is coming, right? And the Christmas future where we're in the glory of God will just be amazing. So as we we come to, when you take the cup, when you take the bread, just remember, right? Your past is forgiven and forgotten in Christ. Your present is a gift of everlasting life because of Christ. And your future is one day to be in heaven in his glory. Let's pray. Dear Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for this time of year. I thank you for friends, family, for the the celebrations that are all around, Lord. And I thank you for the gift of Jesus, that you loved us so much, that you gave him for us. Help us to, to honor you not just today, but every day in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
stand with us as we continue our worship? Before you set the edge of time, foundations of the earth and sky, you saw it all and said that it was good. The joy was set before your eyes, you knew that you would give your life, you saw it all and said that it was good. Yes, it can. 
And it is God with us. Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. Hasn't Christmas here on the hill been awesome? I, I mean, our, our decorating, every year they knock it out of the park uh, with our Christmas decorations. And by the way, if you paid for uh, one of the poinsettias in memory or in honor of someone, uh, feel free to take it with you when, you when you leave after the service. Or if you want to leave it here through the weekend, that's great too. Uh, and the praise team has been like all over it uh, this Christmas season. And I promise you, I promise you there's no other place in the state of Kentucky where you got to hear Trans-Siberian Orchestra, a hammered dulcimer, and a mandolin all tonight in worship. I mean, they are on it, and uh, we're, we're excited about that. No, no matter what, no matter what has ever happened, no matter when it happened, no matter where it happened, no matter who it happened with, if you went through something that was good or bad, you were never alone. God was present with you all the time. We've been talking about that word, Emmanuel, for four weeks now. We've dug into it. We've, we've seen how it started with the angel coming to Mary and Joseph and telling them that they were going to be blessed with a child, and the child would be called Emmanuel. And so far, we've talked about God being with us in the, in the valleys of life and in the wilderness moments of life. And we've talked about how he's with us in the storms. But tonight, we're going to dig into what about right now? See, here's the interesting thing. Right now, today, or actually tomorrow, but this week, this season, the majority of the world is celebrating the birth of Jesus. 
they're not necessarily worshiping Jesus, but they're celebrating the birth of Jesus. This whole season, this whole holiday is tied to the birth of Jesus. And so all around the world, people from different nationalities, different languages, different customs, even different religions are acknowledging the birth of Jesus. Now, most of the world recognizes and worships that he's Jesus Messiah. But many that don't do that still acknowledge, oh, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And then they go right on. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. But what about, what about before that night in Bethlehem? What about before Jesus was born? Christmas? What what about after 33 years when he's arrested and tried and crucified, buried, raises from it. What about then? If Emmanuel is tied only to Christmas, we miss something. What we miss is that God was with us in the beginning. God was present in the beginning. In fact, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight. You can either try to jot them down, look them up, shoot them on your phone, whatever. But in the beginning, the, the very beginning of the Bible, the first four words say it all. In the beginning, God. And if you can deal with that, if you can let that soak in and mean something, you're ready to roll. In the beginning, God omnipresent, ever-present, always there, God, created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the earth. Wow. And then creation really begins, and God recognizes that there are problems with darkness, especially total darkness. And so God, in just a few short words, says, let there be light. And when he said, let there be light, everything began to come to life in a new way. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light and the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning the very first day. God said, let there be light to overtake the darkness. You see, what that tells me is this, that God has been in opposition to darkness from the very beginning. And there's a lot of darkness in our world today, isn't there? There's a lot of things that we look around and wow. But from the very beginning of creation, God has been in opposition to darkness. He understands what it's like to be in the darkness. And light was created as God's trump card to darkness. Let me share something with you. The Trinity, the Trinity that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God was with us in the beginning. All of God. All of God. Get, wrap your mind around that. Not just God the Father. 
all of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was with us, was there from the very beginning. Now get this too. There was never, there has never been or never will be a moment in history that Jesus wasn't present. Don't buy into somebody that might try to convince you that he was created for a holiday. Don't buy into anybody that would try to convince you that, that this baby was created just for this thing that we now call Christmas. No, that baby was the human form of God. Jesus, God in flesh, who decided not to hang on to the throne room of heaven. Paul said in Philippians 1 that, that he did not consider, he said our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus who didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, what he was saying was he was there right with God in the beginning. He didn't consider that, but he humbled himself and he came to earth. God in the beginning, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Here's how John describes it. It's really interesting. We, we always hear Christmas. We hear through the Christmas story. A lot of times we read through the nativity version of the Christmas story. And Matthew and Luke and their gospels, they give this expanded version uh, of the nativity. They give uh, genealogies about all things. Well, John just cuts right to the chase. <laughs> he just gets right to it. And in John 1, 1, is what he said. In the beginning... The Word already existed, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. He's talking about Jesus. And the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Light has been God's opposition to darkness from the beginning. God understood the problem of total darkness then and now. And then God took this next huge step. God the Father took this next huge step against the darkness of the world and allowed Jesus to come. You know what he's referred to over and over again in the Bible? Jesus is the light of the world. In fact, at least 27 times, Jesus is specifically referred to as the light of the world. He was part of the creation. He came to be with creation, came after creation, and then lived with us here for 33 years and went back to be with the Father. He is the light even in the midst of our darkness today. The psalmist David understood that. That, that familiar psalm that we read so often, especially at memorial services. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The valley of the shadow of death. What's the one constant in every shadow? Every shadow requires light. Without light, there can be no shadow. So even when we're walking through the darkest times that seem like the valley of the shadow of death, he's there with us. And then I absolutely love how Eugene Peterson in his translation of the Bible called The Message, how he takes John chapter 1, he gets down to verse 14, and a lot of translations say the word became flesh and came in, well, here's what Eugene Peterson said. He said, and the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. I love that. 
And he moved, God moved into your neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, the father like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. He moved into the neighborhood, into your neighborhood, onto your street into your apartment complex, into your neighborhood Facebook group. Yeah, he's there watching what we post. He's there. But instead of being thrilled by that idea that you're never really alone, a whole lot of the world thinks, ah, that's a little too close. That's a little too close. You mean he'll see what I do? Yep. He'll hear what I say? Yes, sir. He'll see who I hook up with? Yes, ma'am. He'll know when I'm ditching church? Got it. He knows. And so a lot of the world says, I don't, I don't need a big brother or a helicopter savior. I just need something at the end. No, you, you need a savior. You need a Savior that's there with you all the time. In fact, what you really need is the greatest equalizer of darkness of all time to move into your hood and to live in your life and to be there with you all the time. You need that equalizer. And although he's no longer walking the earth in person, you're still not alone. Because before he left, he made a promise. Before Emmanuel in flesh, God in flesh, before he left, he made a promise. He said, I'm going to get the Father to take care of my absence for you. And the Holy Spirit was sent. And so just like I said, there was never a moment in history before or after the original Christmas that Jesus wasn't present. He was always present. Understand this, there was never a moment in history either before the day of Pentecost or after the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit wasn't present. He's been there from the very beginning. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, we read it earlier, said, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Two verses in. In the beginning, God. And then by the second verse, he's talking about the Spirit of God that was hovering over the earth. The Holy Spirit always present. And so then Jesus comes, Emmanuel, God in flesh, come to be with us, that we celebrate. And then as he's getting ready to leave, he says this in John 14. He tells his disciples, if you love me, do what I say. Obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world doesn't recognize him, can't recognize him because it isn't looking for him. And therefore doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now. You've invited me into your life, and so that advocate lives with you now. No, I will not abandon you as orphans and leave you all alone. I will come to you, and soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. You also will live. Look what Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as. I love this, this, this translation. He refers to the Holy Spirit as an advocate. An advocate. Do you understand what an advocate is? 
By definition, here's what an advocate is. By, the, by definition, the dictionary says one who publicly supports or recommends a particular cause or policy or person. Not only an advocate, but an advocate who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. Have you ever had anybody tell you, I got your back, I got your six, I'll never leave you alone, I, I, I've got you, I'll always be there for you, no matter what, I'll always be there for you. And then you turn around when it hits the fan, and they're nowhere to be found. They're ghosts on you. When I was in college, I had three roommates. I was lucky. We, we roomed together the whole four years of college. They were basketball players. I was a baseball player. So I was the shortest guy in the room. I, I was the shortest guy in the room. We lived on a senior floor. They put us up on a senior floor in the dorm. And about halfway through the first semester, uh, the seniors were going down the hall, knocking on doors and pig piling everybody. You know what that is? That's like whenever you open the door, they all charge you and they just piled on you, all right? And today they would call it bullying or hazing, but it was just part of college back in that day. And, but we were four pretty big guys. And so I t- I heard them, we heard them coming down the hall. And I said, all right, when they get to our door, we got a surprise for them. We got them. And so I said, I'll open the door. I'll jump first and then we'll get them. We'll catch them off guard. We'll get all of them. Okay, sounds like a good plan. Sure enough, here it comes. Knock on the door. I go to the door. I sling the door open. I jump. And as I jump, I hear the bathroom door shutting behind me as my buddies go to the next room. That's kind of funny. It was even funny that night. But when you're really in trouble... And you're counting on somebody that says, I've got your back no matter what. And all of a sudden, they're not there. How do you feel? Jesus says, while I go back to be with the Father, there's one that's going to be with you. He'll never leave you. A true advocate has your back, your front, your side, all the time. And they will also tell you, though, if they're a true advocate, if they're really helping you out, They'll tell you when you're wrong, too. Like my buddies, they could have still been my buddies and said, dude, there's 20 of them, and I don't care how big we are, there's only four of us. Let's all go hide in the bathroom. You know, they, they, they could have told me I was at a dumb idea. No, they just left me hanging out there. Sometimes in life, we share things with our friends, and because they don't want to hurt us, they don't want to hurt our feelings, they just kind of like let it go in, and they're thinking you're an idiot, and they don't tell you you're an idiot until it's too late. That's not the advocate you need. You need an advocate that points out when that's not a good idea. That's not right. That's not smart. And the the best part about the Holy Spirit, about Emmanuel in spirit form that is with us, is that our advocate won't advocate for something he doesn't approve of. At at that point, an advocate is not an advocate. They are an enabler of the adversary. They're not helping you. They're hurting you. But this advocate won't ever do that. No, he won't ever do that. So although it's comforting to know that you're never alone, we must remember that we still have free choice. We still have free will. You you chose to come here today. You're going to choose what you do when you go home tonight. You get get to make that choice. You get to make that choice. 
Sometimes you make dumb choices, don't you? I do. And so when we're getting ready to make those dumb choices, the Holy Spirit will not, listen to me, the Holy Spirit as our advocate will not advocate for anything that is outside of the will of God. You want to live a certain way? It's your choice. But don't count on the Holy Spirit to advocate for that choice. Living inside of God's will, doing what God's called you to do, obeying the commandments like Jesus said, advocate's got your back all the way through. So what do we know about this God being present? He, he was present in the beginning. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But here's where it gets real. God is also present in this life that you and I are living. So if the Holy Spirit's our, our current Emmanuel, our current God with us, how do we live? See, the Holy Spirit is advocating for a holy God who over and over promises to never leave us or forsake us no matter how many times we try to leave or forsake him. You ever done that? Don't raise your hand and definitely don't point. But there's times that we're stupid. We're trying to run. We're, we're trying to get away. And he says... I'll never leave you, even if you leave me. God is with us all the time. Love isn't something that God does, okay? Love isn't something that God does. Love is who he is. God could have shouted his love from heaven. Instead, he sent his love from heaven to be here with us, to live with us for 33 years. And then to be an advocate for us until Jesus, God in flesh, comes back to get his bride, the church. In the New Testament, here's what we know about Emmanuel. We know what we call the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1, the virgin will conceive a child. Name will be Emmanuel and he'll be a savior. means God with us. Matthew 28, at the end, this, this little baby grows up to be a man, and at the age of 30, he actually starts doing ministry, and, and then, he's, then he's arrested, he's crucified, he's buried, he raises from the dead, he lives on earth 40 more days before he says this. He says, now, you guys, it's up to you. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then he said this, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. That sounds like Emmanuel, doesn't it? It sounds like God with us. In the Old Testament, though, he was talked about in the same way. In the book of Numbers, in the, in the early part uh, of the Old Testament, the early part of history, Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, there's the blessing that God gave to pray for Moses to pray over his brother Aaron. And he prayed this prayer that God gave to him. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. He'll be there with you. Then in the very next book, in the book of Deuteronomy, in chapter 31 and verse 8, God told Joshua, as he's getting ready to lead the people, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. That sounds like Emmanuel. That sounds like God with us. 
He will be with you, and he will neither fail you or abandon you. God is present in the beginning. He's present in our life. God is also present in death. Death is hard. Man, we love Christmas, don't we? Most of us love Christmas. It's the greatest time. Dennis said it's his favorite time of the year. Yeah, that's why he wore a tie. But not everybody loves Christmas, right? Sometimes Christmas brings up things that are hard. There's a lot of people in our church that are going through their very first Christmas without fill in the blank. Without a mom or a dad. Maybe without a child. Maybe without a spouse. And, and our sibling or best friend. And, and so for them, Christmas is kind of hard. But God is with us in death. Eight years ago tomorrow, my life changed forever. Because eight years ago tomorrow, on Christmas morning, I stood and watched my dad run to the Father. Twelve years of cancer, treatments, all that went with that. And on Christmas Day, 2014, my dad ran to the Father. Changes Christmas. People told me, said, what a horrible thing to, to lose your dad on Christmas Day. I said, I didn't lose him. I know right where he's at. And what a better day to meet Jesus. What a better day to meet Jesus. Now, I'll be honest with you. I cry now more than I did that day because I miss him. And I have those moments. I had one this week, and I miss him. But I know where he's at. I know where he's at. He's having the best eight Christmases ever because he's having it with the Father. Several years earlier, we stood with Kim's mom. It was me and her, Kim and her dad and her two sisters, and we were waiting for her brother to get there. Mike showed up and walked into the hospital room and said, Mom, I'm here. And we watched Ann breathe two more times and then run to the Father. God was present in death. I've been there too many times when that's happened. And for those who have given their lives to Jesus Christ, that moment is unmistakably a moment of peace where you get to see that person run to the Father and you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is right there in that room. Without a shadow of a doubt. Funerals and memorial services, they're not for the deceased. They're in memory of the deceased, but they're for the living. They're for the survivors. They're for those of us trying to figure out how to go on with life until we get to see that person again, hopefully. About 10 years ago, God gave me something as I was preparing a funeral message, and I've used it in every funeral since then. And God showed me and reminded me that that deceased person, no matter who they were, male, female, young or old, Christ follower or not, that if they could come back and say just one more thing, 
They'd all say the same thing to their loved ones. They'd all say, get it right with Jesus. Because regardless of how things had played out for them, based on their choices, they had already seen Jesus the moment that they breathed their last. And they would either want you to be with them or to not be with them. Get it right with Jesus. And I mean, we're not talking about, because the world's like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. We're not talking about that little cute eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus Ricky Bobby prayed to. We're talking about the Messiah, Emmanuel, Jesus, who is coming back to claim his bride, the church, that Jesus. Get it right with that Jesus. I'm so thankful that Kim and I have a heritage of people who got it right and have run to the Father. And we want that more than anything else to be our legacy for our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids and a thousand generations that we won't meet till we get to spend eternity with them in heaven. That's what we want. He's with us. He's present in the beginning. He's present in life. He's present in death. God is present in eternity. When it it comes to eternity, when it comes to eternity, God is ever-present. But this idea of God with us, that's your choice. He's there. Do you want to be with him? People say to me, say, Dave, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. I believe in all this stuff. How in the world could a good God send anyone to hell? He doesn't. Remember that free will thing we talked about earlier? We get to choose. Are we going to obey what he has said and follow him or not? People say, how in the world could he allow that to happen? How in the world uh, can he not allow things to happen and allow other things to happen? See, the only other way would be for him to say, my commandments and my rules and my guidance doesn't matter. Just whatever. Whatever. You do you. That sounds good, doesn't it? But the problem is, you do you only works if you are the one that holds the keys to heaven. But since you're not, my prayer would be that you would do God. He holds the keys. So the bottom line is actually what I started with. No matter what you've done, no matter when it happened, No matter where it happened or who it happened with, when you're going through something good or bad, you never have to be alone. God is present. The question is, are you with him? Have you allowed him total access to your life? Have you run to the Father? you guys stand if tonight you think I gotta get that right Thursday night it was so cool we started singing this song and 
We had a lady run to the father who's been wrestling with that decision for three years. And we hung around, we're able to see her baptized to leave here a new and a different person. So as we sing this song, Jason's back at the decision room. Uh, Kim and some of our other staff people can be over here on this side. If you just need to pray with somebody, you need to talk to someone, whatever, come on. What a better time than Christmas to meet Jesus. Let's run to the Father. For too long on my own I wasn't created To bear it alone To let it all go I see it now Laying it down And I know that I need you Run to the Father Fall into grace Done with the hiding The reason to wait My heart My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again and again and again plan from the start Your son for redemption Price for my heart And I don't have a context For that kind of love Don't understand Can't comprehend My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father again and again I run to the Father Fall into grace Done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart needs a surgeon My soul needs a friend So I run to the Father Savior of humanity 
was that light, the light that you're holding, that shines through any darkness, pierces the darkness. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. Sing with us, Noel. thank you. We thank you that you have come. As we close out the service tonight, or today, you're holding the candle. We're going to sing Silent Night, something that we do every year. We want you to know that the service is 
We have another service at 5. We also have our service on Sunday, tomorrow at 11 a.m. And we have our regular services next week. But let's close out. Sing it with all you have. Silent night. Christmas. May the Lord protect you and bless you throughout the rest of the year and for a happy new year. Go in peace and you can leave those candles out at the back. God bless.